Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and across my living room from me today is Vinji. Welcome to the show, my man. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. How's it going, buddy? It's been well. It's been well. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I always appreciate seeing you because you always uh, you always inquire how other people are doing. You're very genuine about that. <laughs> you know, I uh, yeah, it's just good to, I don't know, it's just good to see people. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to see your friends and yeah. hang out in a place that's not loud. Yeah, and I, you know, <laughs> I have a, I have a hard time talking about myself. So this, this whole thing is going to be great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you said this is your first time ever doing a podcast. It is. It is. Yes. But uh, well, I wouldn't want to share it with anybody else. So you've listened to the podcast before, so you understand that it's pretty chill. I would like to say I'm a self-dedicated big fan of it's this It's weird show. being on the other side of the curtain. Very much. You see the logic session running right now. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's good to see you. Yes. So just like you know, we start every episode by asking how you and I met. Do you remember the story? I do. So I believe it was even June 30th of 2021. Wow, that's a sharp date, June 30th? I know. I think so. I have a poster hung up on my wall of June 30th, 2021. It was the date of our sold-out hip-hop show with uh, Hughie, Clover, James, and Weston at the basement. Was it really? Okay, so then it may be a different day, but... Unless you were at that hip-hop show. I So I, this was actually my first ever gig in Nashville. Okay. So I was a hired gun for a gal named Anna Ike. Mm-hmm. And so she had me play guitar at Belcourt Taps. Rest in peace, Belcourt Taps. Shout out. <laughs> and R.I.P. Uh, and um, yeah, so she introduced us after we were done playing our set. And I remember that I, I shook your hand and was like, hey, man, so good to meet you. Thank you for having us on. This is my first ever show. And you grabbed me by the shoulder and you said, oh, thanks for playing. Took a big sip of your beer and then you walked away. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Bye. I was like, okay, bye. I'm like, I'll, I'll get a hold of him later. But I'm glad yeah. that uh, I'm glad that I didn't come off as a total douche, just a partial douche. No. No, it was it was very charming in the way that you did it. I was like, I was like, that guy's cool. I'm like, okay. So, do you remember the first time you actually played tour stop? Then was that also at Belcourt? Uh, no, so it was actually at Cabana Taps. Cabana, R.I.P. Cabana Taps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I played a 11 p.m. slot. Uh, That's how I always tested out the newbies. Yes, and it was it was really it was truly. Uh, I hadn't been a part of a round before, so that was the first. That was your first round. That was yeah. So like, which was <gasps> only my s- your first time. I know. <laughs> it was my second show in Nashville, so okay. I started off strong with just two Nashville tour stops right off the top. Nice. Where and was the very first show you played in Nashville? Uh, Belcourt Taps with that you. was Belcourt. Yeah. That was the one. Yep. Wow. So really, my introduction to the entire Nashville music scene was you. Was me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. All right. And you've been along for the ride. Really, you've been there for all the big stuff since. So it's been really cool. So to... when did you actually move here? I moved here in October of 2020. Gosh, uh, that was 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> something like Feels that. Like it. Oh yeah. No, I think I yeah. I keep checking the calendar every day. I'm like, are we really already here? And um, you, you've been here now as this is one of the first episodes we've recorded in 2023. So yeah. uh, you've been uh, you've been here now about two and a half years. Getting there. Yeah. How is the how is the adjustment being here versus home? So uh, I'm from Minnesota uh, for the listener. And um, it's amazing. <laughs> it and, you know, besides the whole, you know, obviously the weather change and stuff like people in Nashville seem to simply uh, just accept music and appreciate music and enjoy music more than any other place I've ever visited. Absolutely. And I have had the fortune of traveling a little bit around the country and to have seen a few different cities. And I really uh, was struck by how people appreciated it here. And that was actually one of the things that helped me move here. I Really? I didn't come here to do music. I just really wanted to be around people who liked it. Um so yeah, it's been a great adjustment. I really have been enjoying it so far. So where in Minnesota are you from? I'm from a small town, and this I have to say this, two hours north of Minneapolis called Brainerd, Minnesota, the Brainerd Lakes area. Um, a lot of lakes, big resort town. Uh, but yeah, just really uh, not that big. Is it an actual small town, or is it like a small town when someone says they're from a small town outside of Chicago? Actual small town. Actual small town. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, I was just there. I, I played a show in Minneapolis last week and I went up to see family. And um, 
Oh yeah. It's how my, was that, my how accents. Was that gig on the road. Oh dude, the gig was great. I have to say my accent's probably really bad That's right awkward. now because I was up there. <laughs> but uh to go back. We played a seventh street entry at First Avenue. Sweet. Um for Minnesotans, that's kind of a big deal. And it was definitely a feather in my cap. Is I've, that one of those rite of passage venues? I would say so. Very akin to the basement. Nice. Um, and then so they have another room, First Avenue, which would be like Basement East. Um, but for me, I've been wanting to play there for a long time. And when I was in Minnesota, I had a couple other bands and we always tried to play there. Never quite worked out. Um, but the stars just aligned this for this show last week. And it just was a really uh, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little speechless still. I'm kind of uh, processing how it went. And it was uh yeah, man. It was That's just, cool. It was. We we had a, a, a I want to well for us it was a huge turnout. Um, I had a band. Uh, How of, big are these rooms? Uh, Two fifty was the max, and wow. we were at one seventy nine. That's so it a was, huge turnout. Well, for a, for, for, for a, a little independent, basically anywhere <laughs> nobody knows about. That's a ton of people. And it, well, and so uh, my Minnesota I mean, that's band. That's a ton of people in Nashville. Right. So that's so I was like, you know, they're like, oh, you got to go backstage. And like, I'm like, oh, we don't have to like go from the crowd on stage to like <laughs> and then we get a sound check. Like we get all, you know, they really pampered us. And that's was cool. A, I was a, they were a exotic Nashville touring act. Well, <laughs> well, they even let me have a walk on song, which I've dreamt of having a walk on song forever. And so they, cool. let, they we walked on to all these things I've done by the killers. Sweet. And I was just. I was before the show even started. All my dreams had like come true, so I was, <laughs> I was just cloud nine from from the start. There's a venue um, similar to that in my hometown called the Blue Note, sure. and I feel infinitely lucky in my life because I got to play there when I was 17, and I got to play there again when I was 18. So I got to play like that landmark local venue as a kid. Yeah, and. It it really kind of set me off for wanting to be in music because I remember, and it was that like transcendent moment where I was watching myself perform in my, like, it's like my soul left my body and I was watching the show happen with everybody else. And I was like, I'd be dumb to do anything else. <laughs> I have to be in this environment forever. Yeah. And my old drummer, his name is Joel. He sent me a DVD of that show. And I've got it somewhere here in my house, but it's so fun getting to go back and watch that grainy 480p, (laughs) whatever it is, resolution DVD and be like, that was the moment that I picked music like right there. And it's cool getting to play those landmark venues because it makes you feel like you're actually like stepping up into the position of the people that you looked up to into for me, uh, there was a band called Buffalo Fuzz from Minneapolis that just the first time I saw them, they blew my face off. And they, what kind of music were they? They were they were a duo, nice. but the guy had the guy basically played through two amps that were cranked, and with the it was a Black Keys style thing, and so nice. he just a wall of sound. And I uh, to sh- have shared a stage with them in this capacity was just it was really how many good. bands were on the bill this time. Three. Three. Uh, yep. So uh, to name drop, because they're awesome people, uh, we had Faith Boblet and Clay Fulton in the last 40 with us, and they truly You headlined. It. Well, I opened, actually. I opened. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and all, it's funny because I all of my friends and fans in quotations uh, all go to bed. We'll by, call them fans. We'll call they them fans. for a ticket. <laughs> we all we all go to bed by nine. So I was like, I'm going to book. I'm going to go to the early show so everybody can go to bed. Know your audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, man, it was. Uh, so, again, to share the stage with Buffalo Fuzz in some capacity was just uh, it kind of it just was a really full circle moment. I will say back on the Nashville thing, I, I had sent them, you know, I before I sent them the email that started this chain of events, I looked back and everything else I had sent them and they hadn't. Uh, you know, they didn't really respond to anything else. But so this time around, I was like, well, uh, so my name's Duncan. This is what I do. So and so and so. And the very end, I go, I'll be traveling from Nashville. Would love to chat more. And they go, oh, perfect. Great. Yeah. Come on by. And I was I'm, like, oh, my God. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> it is a calling card. And, you know, and I'm not I don't do the uh you know, I try not to be the whole like when I go home, I'm not now Nashville Duncan or whatever. 
but that was my one use of the Oh, we we didn't say that. Yeah, your your actual first name is Duncan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh the last name Vinji is a moniker I go by. Uh, it is my last name. However, it is also my dad's nickname that he's had over the years. That's cool. And so as a way to he's been really like fundamental in in this whole uh, life and music I've had. And so as a way to thank him and to remember him and honor him, I go by his nickname. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool that it's not just a family name, but it's more of a nod to your dad than, than just the family. It is. That's really cool. I will say, so I, uh, I have other family members who, who have been successful in their own endeavors. Um, and they, and they came to the show. And so it was nice to have them come and see a full room of people because at the next family get together, I'll actually have something cool to say about music. You know, <laughs> instead of them just being like, "And there is Duncan. Yeah, he plays music down in Nashville." <laughs> what's What's going on with music? Oh, uh, you know, put out some new songs. Oh, okay, cool, cool, great, yeah. bye. So yeah. <laughs> so did you have a pretty supportive family growing up when you were uh, getting into music younger? Uh, you know, um, I actually didn't get into music until I was fifteen. Really? Um, but I, my parents have always been supportive. That's I, cool it's it's part of me now but they uh my parents got divorced when i was young and so it was always a little chaotic trying to um try new things and stuff but they were you know they did the best they could in letting me try things um but when i when i told dad i was like hey uh i think i want to learn guitar uh i want to impress a lady and he's like okay nice he's like if you play i'm going to give you this guitar He's like, if, you know, knowing she's going to break up with me in, a, in like a month, he, but he was still so supportive. He's like, um, I'm going to give you this guitar. You play it for a month. And if you're still playing, I will, we'll talk about it, you know? And, uh, that's so, cool. so girlfriend had broken up with me. And Actually. so I was still playing the guitar because nice. I was like, ah, you know, like I found something that I still love yeah. and still loves me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just banging away at this thing. And well, I shouldn't say banging. I was playing, uh, time of your life by green day so it was a little different than uh, <laughs> what but, was that the first song you learned how to play yes and so it's it's worth telling uh this person i was i was gonna play these songs for was into like heavy like metal you know like screamo stuff and mm-hmm. but i was like i'm gonna play green day song totally missed the mark right. on that one but it was you know in my wheelhouse Fits your personality a little better <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i can't see you being a screamo metal act you know, there were times where I wanted to be and, and, alone, you know, in my bedroom by myself playing at max volume on my little, my little, uh, Behringer amp, it just cranked to 10 and like, you know, I, that's one thing I, I hate about, like we're, we're in my living room right now and I, I love my home, but it's a condo and I have neighbors on every side. I live in the middlemost unit. So if I turn my Vox AC 15 on right there everyone can hear it and i can't like those things are loud they are and oh, yeah if i mean it's it probably 15 percent volume it's already too loud yeah and it's it's hard when you want to play loud <laughs> because boy do i still want to play loud and i mean i'm deaf so i kind of have to <laughs> but i wasn't gonna say it but i'm glad you did <laughs> i I've made that joke all too many times but yeah, it's fun being loud and stuff and now that you've kind of found your your own genre your own style your own thing you can be loud in your own special way it you know talking about support right like my mom had to listen to that and i appreciate her nice endlessly for letting me just crank away at that thing um tolerating it yeah yeah i uh at least we live in an age where amps come with headphone jacks a lot of the time instead of being like and our kid's a drummer (laughs) he's learning how to drum and it's just loud and bad (laughs) i you know um i as as i've gotten you know as the years have gone on and that i've become more of a guitar player focused uh musician Um, I will say there is something to be said about the relationship of a guitar and an amp Mm -hmm. at a, at a louder volume and what happens to your guitar when the air is hitting the guitar from the amp. That's a really, that's a cool spot to be. It's a transcendent thing, man. Oh dude. And so like, I, you know, I've, uh, I, I feel bad for the guys that practice cause I kind of crank it up. I would rather have a quality amp than a 
quality guitar. Like you see this gold guitar I've got hanging on the wall. It's an Ibanez ART 100. And it was like, I think it was like three or 400 bucks when I bought it brand new 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So it's, it was never a nice guitar by any standard, but it did have matching black pickups. And I cut out the bridge pickup and hot wired a different one into it having no electrical experience at all i just asked my dad for some wire cutters and a soldering kit and he just he's just like yeah sure didn't ask why yeah but i put in a better pickup and that helped the guitar but as soon as i put it into a good amp it just sounded better yeah and i think that finding that now that i've got a kramer beretta on the wall over there in an ac15 box those it's it's a harmonious match when you find the good guitar and the good amp it's well and you know there there are several schools of thought when it comes to pairings Mm -hmm. you know between guitar and amp also for the listener it is a very beautiful guitar sitting in front of me this gold ebonist (laughs) and the kramer too i do Um, i do like to think i have good taste in my guitars you can see this kramer played on aaron's uh tiktok i believe yes that's the one one that i play very often on the internet (laughs) it's a very loud flashy looking guitar it's sweet. It's called the Beretta Danger Zone. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the model. Uh, but in regard to pairing, you know, I, uh, I'm learning. I'm still in the very early stages of learning like what works. And um, at this Minnesota show, I had a friend borrow me a 410 Fender Bassman. Uh, and I play a little PV30 classic, mm-hmm. and those are two different worlds. Very, very, very and different amps. I have been a, I'm a changed man after playing through <laughs> something like that. And so I am now beginning my research on what other amps I'm going to have to look into and what the next step is for me. I will say um, I, I've recently, I, I've kind of acquired all the guitars that I, I feel like I'm, I want right now. And I, and I feel right like, now being the key. Right now, <laughs> qualifier, yeah, um, and I, you know, I have one hollow body, I have one telly, um, and they're both like, you know, they're both like, br- like brown and gold, which is mm. a cool pairing. Um, I've got a couple acoustic guitars that I'm really proud of and really love dearly. Um, so yeah, man, it's been. Uh, Do you name your guitars? I have in the past, yeah. I, Wor- um, workshop. I've named a few of mine. My Martin that you were playing over there, the one I used to tour with, is named Steve. Steve. So I've got Steve Martin. Oh, okay. That got makes Steve sense. Martin. <laughs> uh, then I have a Baby Martin, like the three-quarters scale one or the whatever it is, two-thirds scale one. I uh, named Martin Short. <laughs> Martin Short. Martin Short. Uh, my ukulele's name is Susan. I don't know why. <laughs> But yeah, my my electric guitars don't have names. I don't. Sure. I, I guess it's just the gold one, and that's the the Kramer. <laughs> now, if you know Aaron Schilb, he is a, a massive fan of The Office, massive and fan so of when the he office. said Steve, I did immediately look at yes the, over my fireplace mantle the uh, Steve Carell as Michael Scott quote. <laughs> uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got quite a bit of office memorabilia. So I've got that hanging on my wall in front of the uh, Nintendo Switch on my uh, yes. entertainment thing. I've got a world's best boss squishy like stress mug. Sure. I've also got the world's best boss actual coffee mug. And then hanging up in my bathroom on the door, I've got the clown painting from Jim and Pam's house that doesn't come off of the wall. So I glued it to the door of my bathroom so it can't come off. So I've got quite a bit of office memorabilia. And right below the the albums there, I've got the uh, encyclopedia of Dunder Mifflin. Oh my God, is that yeah, what I've is? got I've got a quite a bit of quite a bit of office swag here. I'm what you would call a super fan. A super fan. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your fandom. Yeah, so let's talk more about your guitars. Yes. What was the yes. first guitar that you got back when you were first learning to play? Do you remember the make and model of so, it? So uh, this was actually a story I was going to bring up earlier. Um, my dad walked in. So to, to backtrack a little bit, he said, play for a month and we'll and we'll see what, you know, if you like was it. Was that then his we'll... guitar that he had? Right. So it was this, uh, it was this old Electra. It was a parts guitar. It was just, it was kind of a... Um, for, and to put it nicely, it was a pile. But cool. so he let me play it. Um, but then he brought in 
a a red PV Raptor. Nice. And a PV Raptor is basically a uh, a beginner's young man's Stratocaster. And I the off brand, off brand strat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But he also brought in this little amp. So uh, my world went from playing a, an electric guitar, just acoustic on its own, to having an amp with this badass red strat looking thing. And nice. so I was just over the moon. And like I, you know, I stopped playing Time of Your Life and I started playing like rock, the heavier Green Day songs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Um, yeah, I started, I started really digging into it and uh, changed me, man. Um, what, was, what was it about playing that made you want to start taking it more seriously? Was it girls? <laughs> no, it was <laughs> it, no, no, that was not the. <laughs> um, it just let me be myself. I've always claimed that I'm I'm a little left to center. I've never really been interested in. Well, I should say that I've never really been the popular kid in school. I I was never really interested in much. Um, I, I've kind of, you know, I think back then I certainly didn't have the vocabulary to really say how I was feeling and the feeling I got from just playing a guitar loud said more for myself than I had ever really experienced before. So it was really just being able to tell people who I am without having to try and explain it. I think that's one reason why we all get along so well in Nashville because I feel like a lot of us are that left of center kid. Yeah, we didn't. We weren't cool. We we didn't have like what you would call like classic hobbies, sports, whatever. But we had music, and all of us weirdos just happened to pick. Like, <laughs> all right, this is the one place where we can all be cool together. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that is really great about Nashville is that nobody is trying to be anything other than just a musician, yeah. and we all get it. It's one of the only places where you can tell someone you're a musician and they say, okay, cool. Instead of, okay, but what, like, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they just instantly accept I'm that. I'm a musician. Yeah, cool. cool. Period. Right. <laughs> and, you know, again, like when I moved here, I, I didn't have aspirations of playing. I, you know, I, my friend Anna, who had helped me play the first show, um, she just knew I played guitar through a friend of a friend and was like, you want to, want to come along? And I was like, sure. And, um, it's been the support of the people here in town that have really encouraged me to keep going. Um, I love doing this for a lot of personal reasons, but to get to share moments with good friends at the basement or, or, you know, even at Belcourt taps, RIP again to Belcourt taps. (laughs) Um, I had to get two in. I told myself before I got here, (laughs) I'm going to get it twice. Um, yeah, just to be able to share these moments with good friends in town has uh, changed how I look at music altogether. That's cool. In Nashville, uh, you know, when I was home last week, people were asking me, like, how's Nashville? I go, oh, it's great. And they go, you coming You coming home soon? I'm like, no. Nope. Absolutely nope. not. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, well. My life is there. Yeah. Well, my life is there. But then there's also people who I just feel like, again, I've been that kid left to center forever. So it feels good to actually be with other people who feel the same way and who, uh, like you said, they just get it. Like you are a musician. That's great. You know, we, we were kind of fed expectations of what being an adult would be like by watching shows like friends or whatever, where you're just friend, really close friends with a lot of people all the time. And then I remember being in college and having like, I was friends with the two dudes I worked with and that was pretty much it. And I hadn't, I had the expectation of like what growing up would be like and being a young kid in my 20s. And it sucked because I never had that community, that that thing that so many people search for. And I found that when I got to Nashville. And that's one reason I picked it was because it just automatically was like, oh, this thing that I've always wanted. That's this is where that is. It's here in Nashville, and it's cool getting to finally be around people who understand that. You have done an incredible job of fostering that belief, though, through Nashville Tour Stop. Like, I really, a lot of the big shows and moments I've had in town have been Nashville Tour Stop affiliated things. And I really love playing Tour Stop because people who come to those shows also just love being here and they love. Being, they love their people. Yeah, they love their people. And it's just, it's very evident, you know? I just, I it makes me speechless sometimes because it's just, I'm very 
fortunate to have met you and to to have been able to uh, be a part of this community still. I'm very know? lucky that it's a job that I ended up being okay at and enjoying because You're I've not had just so okay. many crappy jobs. And <laughs> boy. Exceptional at your field. Yeah, it makes me happy that I don't hate going to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so I've, you know, over the years, I've been a host of uh, several open mic nights and I've hosted other shows and, you know, I I know what it's like to sometimes get or to encounter people who want something out of you and you have a, uh, you're, you're quite patient with those people, but you're also, um, you know, you're not, in, you're just investing a lot into the people who invest into this community. I've, and I feel like my, yeah. my bullshit meter is quite, quite fine tuned these days, <laughs> but I, I do like to give people the benefit of the doubt. You do. And, and again, like me as an absolute outsider, you let me in and let me try stuff. You know, I did send you the email and never got a response, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel so bad because I know I know so many people have emailed. And if you're listening and you've emailed, I'm sorry. But the <laughs> email wait list right now, I think has like 800 people that I haven't responded to. And it's it's just because I have less runway now than I used to. So in 2021 and 2020, when you were first meeting me, I was booking somewhere between 150 and 200 people per week on whatever it was six shows at different venues i had a lot of a lot of room to get that many new people and i just have less to book right now well and, and i want to say it's it if you're wanting to play a nashville tour stop show come to a nashville That's tour it. stop show Just come hang C- come hang out come Meet be around Duncan. it i'll i'll we'll probably be there i'll <laughs> say hey uh but yeah just come hang out like it's again if i remember being at least for me, it was like, oh, you're playing a Nashville show. Like, oh, my goodness. I was a little nervous, but you welcomed me with open arms. You asked how I was. You were encouraged me to play whatever I wanted to play. And that I just immediately felt like home. So come to a show. Come to a show. Well, hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. <laughs> We're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Sitting again across the living room from me is uh, Vinji, but I guess we can call him Duncan Absolutely. right now. We uh, we took a, a break there for a minute and got some some coffee. And honestly, we just kind of got got lost in a conversation. And that's what I love about he our friendship here. went as far as to make a whole French press for me. And that I'm very, I'm very <laughs> appreciative of. So <laughs> my actual coffee pot broke. That's why I'm having to do everything fancy right now. Oh. And I only have one Keurig pod. So it's like, man, if we both want to have a cup, I've got I've got to go full bore. I got to full bore, make the grounds and everything. No, I. But you are a coffee guy. You came in here with, uh, you said, an uh, was it an iced americano? Yes, I am. I am a coffee guy to a fault most days. Really, I, I lose track of how many. We recently got a espresso maker in our house, which has been a blessing and a curse because I drink two <laughs> shots of espresso at a time, times yep. that by like three cups, and I'm just I'm rolling through the day. I work from home as well, so it's like I'm in front of that thing all day. So it's uh, I've had to start scheduling my day a little bit more deliberately so now what i do is i wake up in the morning and then make my coffee and before i do any work i go to the gym while my coffee high is like still (laughs) i'm still jittery i can do this really good i can do this really good and then when i get home i'm actually like okay i've come down now i can focus and do some work (laughs) i was a barista in a past life and they always had us try stuff and they were like all right you gotta you know get a taste for this and so in the process of doing that i probably i I've drank a lot of coffee <laughs> and probably have shaved a, a year or two off my life because probably. of the coffee I've drank. But I mean, no. waking up for coffee in the morning is the only I, I hate it's such a, a cliche. It's literally the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. You know, it, it's my favorite part of the day. Oh, yeah. The it's best a, part of waking up is Folgers in my cup. I'm a, I'm certainly a creature of habit. And so the, the ritualistic act of now pouring my espresso versus my regular coffee, but Getting my espresso cup ready, putting the creamer in it, stirring it, mm-hmm. and sitting down at my desk and just taking that first sip. That's like, 
Uh, it's wonderful. It's and I love yeah. that you just used the term creature of a habit because I wrote a song not too long ago called I Just Do. And the opening line of the song is I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I forget exactly how the rest of it goes. But yeah, it's it's nice being able to fall into that kind of a routine. Yes. It, wake up in the morning and know exactly what it's going to do, what it's going to smell like, how you're going to feel. Absolutely. And I just got the, we are, for the listener, this is an extended version of Coffee Talk. This is Coffee Talk <laughs> with Aaron and Duncan. Um, I just got the, uh, I have six new flavors of espresso. Really? So I'm in the process of trying all these flavors and I am, it's different it's from light to dark and I'm having a great old time. When did you first get into the the great caffeine beverage coffee? Oh, man. I was, uh, this was actually probably, um, was actually kind of a uh, well, hmm. <laughs> I it, it was about I think I was sixteen years old. Did you hear that? So about. you were a, you were pretty young for getting into into coffee, right? I was. So again, they were like, "Oh, you're this kid off the block. You better start learning what coffee tastes like." And they just started giving me cup after cup and give free coffee. I didn't get into it until college. Yeah, I, there was a girl who worked at a coffee shop that I wanted to ask out, and I didn't like coffee. <laughs> So I'd go there <laughs> and force myself to drink coffee so I could talk to her. Her name was Allie. Oh. And I I went and saw her all the time, almost every day. And I finally worked up the nerve. And it all happened at the same time where she was leaving work. And I was walking back to the dorm. And we she, we lived in the same dorm. And I walked up next to her and I said, oh, hey, good to see you on this side of the coffee bar. And then I asked her out. She said, oh, no, thank you. Oh. <laughs> it's like, that's very Ooh. polite. Oh, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm going to sip my coffee now after that story. Well, Duncan, let's talk about what has gotten you where you are today. So we've talked a little bit about the shows you played at your like landmark venues in your hometown and getting started wanting to impress a girl when you were young, as <laughs> many of us did. But what is it that still is lighting that fire under your butt now? What what really made you want to go for it instead of just moving to Nashville to be in Nashville? You moved here not to specifically to be a songwriter, but you moved here just to be around the arts. What what really inspired you to follow that path of music? Well, I um, in my time in music, um, I don't necessarily call it a career, but in the time that I've had with music, um, there have always been other people along by my side and all my favorite moments of music have been with other people. Um, you know, I love, you know, there've been awesome acoustic shows I played by myself, but I, all the things that really jumped for or jumped to my mind first are the times I've had with friends. And so to continue to be sharing experiences with friends and to, and to be, uh, able to provide a place for, friends to come and be with each other. That's just very important to me. I, you know, I'll be honest. Like I, I get too wigged out with trying to do the numbers game and to try and release songs people want to hear and all this kind of stuff. I, I just like to write songs that I, I, I like, and I like to be around people that are just good people. Um, yeah, I just have been really, uh, fortunate to be able to do that here in Nashville. Uh, you know, tour stop, it was very much it, it, the, the belief that tour stop has is very in line with that feeling that I've just described. Um, but I, what really kind of cemented it for me, what made it more clear was I went and had coffee with a good friend and he asked me, what do you want out of Nashville? And I said, uh, nothing. And he's like, tell me, he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I, we get to do this, you know, we get to be here and this ride isn't going to last forever. And it's just good to be able to be on it while we can and to enjoy it with the friends you have around you now. And, uh, so I guess I'm just trying to have, you didn't come fun. here expecting the town to do you any favors. No. And you know, back home, everyone's, you know, they all think they know what Nashville's like, you know, back for whatever. And they, I'm sure many people have had this experience, but a lot of people said to me a couple of things. They said, We'll see you in a few years. Uh, if you can't get shows here, good luck getting them there. Um, you're not, you know, do you really think you're going to be able to do it? Um, you know, and uh, that was really kind of what I what I thought it was going to be like. And coming to Nashville, I had a this I had an EP that I was going to release like 
it was I had I had spent some time in Nashville. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I flew back home to Minnesota, recorded this EP, and I was going to put it out. And it was uh, because I wanted to prove everybody else wrong. I wanted to prove all those people that I am going to be good here. And that wasn't the right reason to be putting out music. Mm-hmm. And I, we did the whole process, and I listened to those songs. And I just went, I just wasn't working. Your heart wasn't in it. Wasn't in it, you know. Um, and I, it, that was a wake up call for sure. So that experience in uh, tied to that conversation I had with my dear friend over coffee, I just realized, like, man, I am lucky to even be here in the first place, to be playing at all. And I guess that's what continues to drive me in doing it. And I will say we've been very fortunate to play the basement a time or two um, and to be able to book those shows ourselves. Was your first time at the basement the tour stop show we did in April of last year, 2022? Yes. And woohoo, that was one. That was an awesome show. We did. I that. remember. I remember oh. you. You telling me, or I don't know if nervous was the right word, but you wanted to leave a good impression because you wanted to play there again. And you're like, how do I do this again? I was like, do a good job the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do a good job. And it's like, well, no pressure then. No. Uh, but shout out to Gil at uh, the basement. He's just, shout out Gil Costello. He's a great dude. He's great. He's dude. he's very also a very patient person. And has been willing to uh, let us come back. But something I, I told Gil is I said, hey, I, I want to bring first timers with me. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I would love to have a, a full show, but I would like to bring people who I think are worthy of this experience. And will also, who have never played before at the basement. Um, so he's been allowing me to do that. And that's been a very, you know, I love bringing new people in for their first time. Like I had Eli Gable with me. The first time we mm-hmm. did it, my first solo or, you know, self-booked show at right. the basement. I brought my dear friend Jared Ward with me last time. Um, and I can't say anything for certain yet, but there's an, something coming down the pike. And we've got another great friend with us coming to that one. Who that's one of played. the things I love to do is being able to. And that's one of the ways that I talk to venues to about and when they're asking, well, why would we have your show versus all these others or yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, I'm trying to do the same thing that all these others are, but I'm trying to also give opportunities to people who may not receive them. And a lot of people might look at me being tour stop and the guy and they're like, Oh, it's just his business. It's serving himself. Blah, 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 blah. But I really love to be able to get my friends who've never played at the basement up for a show at the basement. Well, it's cool getting to do that. To be able to pay it forward from that opportunity you gave us, that's, that's what this town's about. Well, and that's, you know, that's just an awesome experience for mm-hmm. everybody. And so that's really why I, you know, I I know that I, the things that I've gotten here in town and the experiences I've had have not been just by myself. It's taken a community. It's taken all my dear friends who have been with me along this ride. Shout out to Kim, this amazing lady who has been. Your girl. <laughs> Kim has been there for every Hi, every step of the way. Hi, Kim. <laughs> She's gonna, if she if she listens to this she will be if she's made it this far <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but no like it's great to share those experiences with those people I'm so a, I'm a what, what kind of stuff are you doing now you said you played the basement you're trying to help some of your friends get some of these uh, more notable shows uh, what's uh, what's and there, there is stuff coming down the pike. We, we, the, I guess we, you just kind of hinted at that, and I know some of it, and I'm sure there's some of it that I don't know. But what's a, what, what, what are you trying to do in Nashville? What's so here's the funny. Thing. What's what's making it? Here's the funny thing. I, I saw. So when I visited Nashville for the first time in 2019, okay. I saw my favorite band of all time, City and Color. Nice. They, they played the Basement East. And it was just, it was the whole experience was just insane. I loved every second of it. And I said to myself, man, if I could ever play the basement East, that would be it. I'm done. Like to share a stage with City and Color in any capacity is incredible. Much like my experience with mm-hmm. Buffalo Fuzz in Minneapolis. But uh, my dear friend, Carmen, uh, Carmen Campbell, uh, goes by Carmen Diane. She had us, she had me along for one of her basement East sets. Did you back her up? I did. So I actually have played the Basement East in That's some cool. capacity. To walk, you know, I walked in that back in the. That's green. a stage I've never played. Well, and to walk in the green room and they have the tiles on the ceiling and you know, like it's funny how normal it is in there. I yep. expected it to be so like 
whatever. But then they're like, they've got the leather couches back there, and yeah. there's a little a little kitchenette. But at the same time, they're like, here's here's our Keurig, and I was like, oh, nice, you know, yep. more coffee. Um, so to answer your question, I've kind of I would love to play the basement East as Vinji and mm-hmm. and Vinji and friends. Uh, it, it, that would be an absolute treat. But after the show last week at Seventh Street, we've kind of I should say I have done the things that I've wanted to do. And so this is actually a really cool time because I don't know what I want to do next. You get to now choose new things you want to do there. I mean, there are, you know, I've expressed to you in, in other times, the things that I've wanted to do. And, uh, in terms of like what other dream venues I want to play and such. And there are some exciting things coming down the road as we both know, but, uh, yeah, man. So I'm in, I'm just, uh, I'm just appreciating what's happened around me. Um, and just kind of taking a second to breathe. It's been uh, so. To answer good. your question, no, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> you know, I warned him that I ramble, and here we are. There so. are a lot of people in this town who are laser focused, and I don't want to say won't achieve some of those laser focused goals. But there's a, a quote from Dodgeball that I love to live by, and uh, it's. I, I think it's Vince Vaughn's character that says, if you don't have any expectations, you can't be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So it's okay to sometimes not know where you're going. It is. And that's, you know, I, I wish I could tell some of that to some of my friends who are, who are quite concerned with the, uh, the numbers and such. It's like, Eli Gable and I actually wrote a song that's similar to that. And one of the, I think the hook of the song is you're probably getting somewhere if you don't know where to go. Yeah. And it's cool because it's, it's literally all roads are open right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Any, anything you want to do could happen. Well, and again, like I, like I had said prior, you know, I'm a firm believer that, um, this is all going to end at some point. And it's, I want to look back on it saying that I, experienced it instead of wishing I had spent more time experiencing it. And so I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to take it all in while I can, you know, uh, John Mayer, stop this train is Mm -hmm. the, is the soundtrack to that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So you just had a new, uh, a new two track, uh, EP come out, right? Today, today, the day we're Uh, released or recording this is what day is today? Today is February sixth. February sixth. Yes. So we recorded. Music. So tell us, uh, tell us about this this new record. What's it called? Is so it's actually a double. It's a dual single thing. Um, I'm trying it for the first time. First time doing one of these. It's called Sue Saint Marie slash Your Man. Okay. Just the two names of the songs. Um, yeah, I have had. A, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with uh, my good friends Cosri uh, and Austin. They've they've championed my music and they've helped me put these tunes together. Um, also there've been many other players. I just can't say all their names without having this go on for 15 minutes, <laughs> but so please know I love you if you're listening. Um, but so we worked at Sputnik sound, um, which, you it's know, a I, great, great studio. And I, you know, Hill. at first I didn't know anything about it. Right. And I was just kind of, uh, I just walked in and was like, this is great. This is cool. That's, that's the new music row down there. It, it is, which to what I'm learning. Um, but so to, this this batch of tunes that came out today, that was our second time working in the studio. Um, and so I had actually, since the first experience, I felt a lot more confident going into this one. I knew what I was coming into. I, I knew the owners better. Um, Kazri and Austin and I had a, we understood our working relationship better. Um, and we really, you know, I, I brought in, my whole goal was that I wanted to bring in friends in to do, I wanted them to play on the songs and I wanted them to put their own mark on, on things. Um, you know, I, I, cause you could sit and play every instrument yourself, but it's, it's more fun to create art with other people. Well, and I love that when they come up with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I could, you know, there are, I'm picky about some things and like tones and such, but at the end of the day, I, I know that they're masters in their craft and I, that's why I brought them there. Um, so these two new songs are really, truly the, the best thing I think I've put out because it's got the most life to it. I've allowed the most life to go into these songs by other people. It's cool. And it's, yeah, I, I really, I listen to them and I don't hear anything I wish I could change. And I'm very fortunate for that. 
uh, for for people who might not have heard your music before, could you give us your elevator pitch on what it sounds like? <laughs> I try. I try so <laughs> many times. Uh, alternative singer songwriter. Cool. I just I you know I write a whole spectrum of things. It just kind of depends on the day. Um, uh, lately, and shout out to Alex Amato because he's usually there when I try out new songs, and he's <laughs> he's he's always awesome. Um, I showed him at a writer's round not too long ago, this new Western ballad I did, you know, like cowboys and stuff. Like I, I love that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Wrote like a five minute jam there, but on the opposite side, I've got a blues rock tune about like, you know, just yelling stuff. And then <laughs> I have another harder rock song. That's just yelling more stuff, you know? And then I also like your man, the one that came out today is, is a more thoughtful, um, quieter song, you know, as a, yeah, dancing's a little bit more chill than some than known killer. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> to, to those who have heard dancing, it's you know, I that was also I I like to write songs that I want to hear more of, mm-hmm. or I should say, I'm inspired by a certain piece of music and I want more of it, mm-hmm. and I then try to write a song that embodies that energy. And I was on a I was in a bit of a Lumineers kick, and I was like, I want to fit seven or eight of my friends in the studio and have us all stomp on the ground together so we did that with dancing there was just a whole pile of us in the studio that's cool stomping and that clapping really and, cool you know so that creative was, collaboration is a isn't it's not a nashville exclusive but it's something that's a lot more prevalent here yeah and i think that's why co-writing is so important it it really just opens our creative doors into something that we might not have thought about otherwise yeah and well Allowing people to contribute to a song like that might create a, a cooler, more original product. Shout out to Kim again. She's in there. She's stomping and clapping, you know? So she's, <laughs> you. Kim's on a recorded piece of music. She says she's not a musician. She's not a musician of any kind. Nope. But she's okay with it. And nice. <laughs> yeah. But she, you know, she is now. She's in a recorded piece she's of music. She's a recording artist in Nashville. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she can use that when she tries to submit playing shows up in Minnesota now. <laughs> Wow, that was a perfect full circle moment. You're right. Well, Duncan, can you give us some plugs? Tell us where we can find your stuff. Yes. Um, so again, the new songs came out today on all platforms. Uh, but the primary ones are Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora. Um, you can find me there. All you have to do is look up Vinji, V is Victor, I-N-J-E. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at @dvinge. D-V-I-N-J. I like to keep things short. Um, yeah. And please come say hey. I, I, It's been a pleasure to be able to share this experience with so many of you already. And I just love to be able to meet more friends and keep having a good old time. If it sounds like he's being fake, he's not. You are one of the most <laughs> honest and just earnest people. Who You're a very genuine person. And that's sometimes hard to come by, but... You really do look at someone and listen when they talk to you. Man. It's good to have those kind of people in your life. So if you want a good person in your life, come meet Benji. Oh, boy. Well, I don't even know what to say now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast this week. Check out Benji on all of your social media platforms. I'll have the links to everything. And you said we're going to have a song playing uh, as our outro music. Which song are we going to listen to this time? The song you will be hearing is Sue St. Marie. Sue St. Marie? Yes. All right. It looks like it's spelled Salty St. Marie. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have Sue St. Marie playing this week on our outro music. So while you are listening to that, go follow our Patreon. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast here and help us get out of my living room, you are more than welcome to uh, contribute. We've got some... Uh, new special episodes coming out there. We've got a couple available already. Those are our indie musician guides for uh, just little things. We're going to have episodes about booking gigs, uh, booking the correct people, booking uh, wherever you're trying to play. We're also going to do like general how-to graphic design, album artwork, anything like that. There's going to be little short episodes on how-to guides for that. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we've got plans starting at five bucks which is very affordable for people because that's like a dollar 25 a week. That's amazing. 
It's like paying for parking in Nashville for this six This is the minutes. first I'm hearing of this. I'm very excited yep, about this, We've got Patreon available if you'd like to join. But moreover, you can follow us on your social media platforms at Nashville Tour Stop pretty much everywhere. And uh, if you'd like to check us out on the web, NashvilleTourStop.com's got all of our live event dates. We've got a bunch of new venues hitting the ringer this spring. We've got a bunch of cool, cool, cool stuff that we're going to be announcing sometime this year. I've told a lot of my friends in confidence, but we're not ready to broadcast it yet. But we've got a bunch of good stuff coming down the pipe here at Nashville Tour Stop. So until next time, thank you for listening. And do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. In the blink of an eye, we fell out of the sky. Swept me off the street Said, come on boy Get out of the tree But I was wondering where you landed Did you ever make it back to St. Marie? Or are you stuck in Tennessee? Get about me